0: Good morning. morning. We still have a few uh, folks missing today, I guess, huh? God help us all. Uh, Isaiah and Isaiah 1 says something to us that's important. He says, to what purpose do you go through the form and do this your incense your offerings all these things are disgusting to me actually you know the isaiah quotes god as saying i hate this stuff and and we hate any form that we're in that we can't get out of you know i mean i know anybody who's been a little bit sick detests the, the fact that you can't break it and uh... And so if we could uh, request a God when we come in, because so often uh, our readiness or not isn't contingent, it never is contingent on the presence of God. It's just that we don't sense and, 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 and go to it. Because we're stuck in a form or a rut And we expect it to happen here with a few people getting up with their gifts. And so if our request could be, God, please, give me a genuine turning. I don't want to just go through the form. You know, you see it in marriage, you see it in work, you see it in everything. And God is new every morning. His mercy is there every morning. And, and sometimes um, I've had mornings that seemed like the same old morning to me. But so this could be a request together that we we don't want to be what we've been. Don't leave us the way we are right now. God help us. Father, thank you. And and we particularly ask you to, to surround those this morning in bed and Uh, barely uh, able to move, strengthen them for your sake. And for the women who, who are on the sidelines looking at husbands who may not be there at the end of the day, we ask you to be with Joyce. We ask you to be with Tony and the circumstances there with Irene Conrad, multiples that are hurting this day. And uh, the good news is there's no death. There's nothing ever going to take us from our relationship as sons of God. So break the process of our humanity and form that we might be fresh with you every day for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's gather.
1: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It, uh, it seems as though the Lord uh, has only wanted me to be at Whitestone. Uh, tried to get to Haynes, that didn't work out. Tried to get to the land, that didn't work out. So, you know, it's just the justice of God, so what you have is just us.
2: So I'm
1: happy to be here. Uh, very much at home. Thank you for your hospitality and your love. My wife sends her love and greetings to every one of you. She misses being here with you and feels very bonded with well, you guys are a sister community of ours
3: yeah.
1: and Ava and we, we feel very connected. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great time. You know, some, you know when you're married and everything, you, you have a lot of activity and everything, but when you're by yourself, you're just kind of, uh, and I've, I've, uh, it's been a rich time for me. Uh, to be still with the Lord and have him minister to me personally. And this morning, as, as we share, whenever we look at the word, I'm not interested in, disp- in dispensing information this morning. And I hope that, that uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that we can get out of his way enough that, that he can have his way with us this morning and that what's shared in, in, with each story, that you can find yourself in this story and let God speak to you because this thing has to be very personal. Right. Although, although we're corporate and everything, uh, we're on, the quality is only as good as your individual connection. Right. The corporate quality right. is only ever as good as the connection of the members in particular. So I'd like to, I'd like to start this morning, I think over in uh, St. John chapter 5. I've shared this before. I don't know if I've shared it here or not. If I have, well, again, I promise you it won't hurt you. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I keep sharing some of the same things over and over again. And, but you know what? They keep speaking to me. And I felt like the Lord made real to me that as long as something is speaking to you, I want you to talk about it. To where it's not just a sermon that you put together to work, as long as it's giving you life and its nourishment to you, you can pass it on. But but here in, in John chapter 5 and verse 1 it says, And after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, or actually that's that is the sheep gate, literally. A pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, or house of mercy, or house of loving kindness, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of what whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there. And, I, and I, I like to see myself in that spot. Which had an infirmity, 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And I'd like to look at this just maybe a little bit different than. Maybe we 've heard it in the past, and uh, this this happened this, this place, this pool of Bethesda, uh, had five porches, and, and what the archaeologists tell us is that they were actually covered porches, porticos that were that each one of the porches had a covering over it and, and I know that, that we know that from numerology that we 've heard for as long as we've been in this move, that five is the number of grace. But could we look at it a little different this morning and possibly look at this as the five books of Moses, that this man was under the covering of the law? Because even under the covering of the law, angels were very involved with the dispensing of the law. Did you know that? Did did you realize that? I mean... You're looking at me funny, so you're going to make me prove it to you. I can tell you guys, you, you, uh, what do you call those guys, B- Bereans? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to make me, okay, go to Acts chapter 7. I'm going to come back here. Um, let's see, where do I want to go? Let's let's look at verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was a mighty man in words and in deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him uh, and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian, for he supposed that his brethren would have understood How that he, by the hand of God's hand, would deliver them. That's not where I want to be. Well, Joe, come on. All three there. Yeah, maybe it's 35. Thank you. This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. And you know, I'd always thought that the Lord appeared to Moses in the bush, but it was an angel. He he goes on. The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. And he brought them out after he had showed them signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness. Forty years. Now let me see here. Thirty-eight. You see the law
3: by
1: the
0: disposition of angels. Where's that at? In Galatians. No, it's right there.
1: Okay. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. This is called corporate ministry. Uh, with the angel which spake to him in Mount Sinai, with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us to whom our fathers would not obey. And then it goes on down. There's two or three places in here. 53. <clears throat> Very good. You guys, you're helping the preacher out here this morning. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. My whole point here being this, that those five porches, which for that man was a picture of being under Jewish law, but for us, is a picture of being under performance-based religion that will get you nowhere. The efforts of human flesh, that when this man was trying, when there would be some kind of a moving, external moving of the waters, that he would have to get himself into the pool. And it's going to take more than just performance-based religion But Jesus comes, and it's funny because this pool was close to the sheep gate. And all of a sudden, out from the sheep gate, walking from out of eternity. And I I love what Brother Sam was sharing with us the other morning, if you were here in the opening, where he talked about, and we say this over and over, but I'm still awed by it, that there was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And, and if you look at that word from, it, can, it has a connotation of in. Not just from, but in. That in the very foundation, in the very undergirding of everything that God would do, that holding everything up was a slain lamb from the foundation of the world. And so this man having laid there for 38 years, 38 was the number of years that the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness after they refused to go in. It's a picture of unbelief. But walking out from the sheep gate, walking out from the foundation of the world, came the fulfillment of every lamb that had ever been slain. And what Jesus actually said to him was, it it says literally there, will you be made whole? But, But the phrase in the Greek grammar, from what I understand having read, is the phrase genestai, which says, do you know that you're already whole? Do you know that the works of God were finished from before the foundation of the world? And this morning, you and I look too much. We let time and we let history, our own history, and our own rap sheet define who we are. Right. But God is saying, How do you see yourself this morning? How long? How long? Have you struggled with certain problems? But do you realize that in the that coming out from the sheep gate is one that is saying to you and I this morning personally to a room full of impotent folks that in ourselves every manner of frailty and weakness is there, and he's saying, "How do you see yourself? Do you know that you're already whole?" The works were finished from before the foundation of the world. Pray that my voice holds out. (laughs) I'm tired. We need to get past. Folks, we we need a heavenly vision. We need the eyes of our understanding enlightened so that we can see ourselves. We can get past our temporal selves and see our eternal selves, who we really are, and, and maybe you're sitting out here this morning and, and maybe you're like me and you think, well, all of these problems that I have that seem to have been built in, the creature having been made subject to vanity, not willingly. I mean, I was given a, a package deal from Adam. I was given a broken DNA from Adam. But folks, do you understand that that's the temporal you? That is not the eternal you. Do not let it, do not let time or history, your history define who you are. Because God has given you something this morning. What has he given you? Well, let's, can, can, can we take a look at it? I'm just going to throw it out there and, and, and uh, pray that God will uh, use this vessel this limited vessel with his unlimited understanding and meet you today. But over in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, this scripture continues to uh, awe me and set me back on my heels every time I read it. It says, who hath saved us? And, and would you, could you English teachers out there tell me what tense this is? It's past tense. You're never going to, if you don't have a foundation of salvation, you'll never go on to bring that which is finished in the invisible eternal into the, into the visible now. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Hello. You don't have to get yourself into the pool. You don't have to wait for a certain season. I need to wait till the praises are just right. I need to wait till I, until brother anointed so-and-so comes and has just the right word. It doesn't matter whether you wake up and you feel groggy in the morning or you, you feel like you're nothing. It is finished. It is done. It is reality at that point in time. I was sharing with the young people uh, uh, yesterday. Last Sunday, I sang a song in the spirit here. I don't do that in a lot of places, by the way. I like your praise because it sets an environment where you can be free to. And psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you're admonishing one another. But what I, what I felt welling up in me was as a result of a battle that I had the morning, that morning when I woke up. Has is is anybody ever had a bad night? Like maybe bad dreams? Where it, it could be an attack of the enemy or the old man or something. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't God. And I woke up feeling guilty. And I hadn't even done anything. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? You feel crummy. And I'm like, what I done? What have I done? it's bad enough when I have done something, but when I haven't. (laughs) But immediately, the Spirit of God just whispered, believe the gospel. You're clean. You're clean by the blood of the Lamb. You're justified. You're not condemned. You don't have to be dirty. You don't have to have a defiled conscience this morning. There's a lamb that's, been, that's in the very warp and woof of the foundation of your life and of mine this morning that we can stand before God in cleanliness, in purity, regardless of how you feel. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and, 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 your, and the word of your testimony, your words, You need to let the Word of God frame you. Your words need to agree with the truth. And lastly, you fall out of love with yourself, becoming less and less impressed with who you are outside of Him. It's a recipe for overcoming, and it's something that we need. And Brother Bill said it this morning. His mercies are new every morning. And even though we're not all here this morning, and maybe you've just come out of... The COVID, and we've all been sick, but you know something—it doesn't change the solid rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. That is laid; that you are clean. He said to the disciples, "You're clean by the word I've spoken to you." Can you can you make that yours this morning? I'm clean. I'm justified. I'm walking in a righteousness that's been given to me, in an imputed righteousness that's mine, that I can go forth with my head up this morning and I can approach God with confidence. Because a lamb has come walking out of the sheep gate. This is how do you see yourself this morning? Yeah, I know that Adam's given you a broken DNA, but before he ever did that, God gave us a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus when? Before you ever got here in Adam don't let your temporal self be the one that you stops you from seeing who you are eternally. There's been a purpose and a grace that's been given to you and I before the foundation of the world that should be framing our lives. And when you and I allow our minds and our hearts to embrace that with faith, we'll get up and walk too. And problems that we've had We'll walk in the newness of the new man. Hallelujah. Over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them it's interesting that word ordained means to fit up in advance to prepare before you are set ladies and gentlemen for good works it is God's eternal purpose that good works be manifested in our lives it's because of the purpose and grace that's been given you before the foundation of the world ordained Jesus said you have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained I have prepared before that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain you are ordained for fruit and good works by the everlasting God and as long as you keep walking with him I don't think you can miss if that's your heart's desire and if it's not he can fix that A broken reed he will not break. A bruised reed. A smoking flax. Is your flax just smoking this morning? He won't quench it. No, no, he'll fan it. If you get before God and tell him, say, my fire is going out. The fire of desire for you, God, is waning. He will breathe on that fire. And it won't just be some religious zeal thing. It will be a sustaining holy desire. You know, in this move, uh, when I first came into it, it was like people were seeing visions. Things were happening supernaturally. I was a heathen. I mean, I was Catholic, but, you know, just one step away from heathen. I guess, I don't know. Mary was praying for me. I knew that. <laughs> but wasn't helping. But I was awed by uh, the moving of the Spirit. Prophecy and the Word being unveiled. And go with me over to... Uh, Mark chapter eight. I'd like to look at another individual 22, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they they bring a blind man unto him. And again, in that, at the pool of Bethesda, there were blind and halt and lame, and I felt like that God was opening my eyes uh, as he brought me into this flow of the Spirit, and I began to see things in the Word, and, and it was wonderful. It was a great experience. Can you say amen to that? I mean, it was a definite touch of God on our lives. And he took the blind man by the hand. It's interesting that the first thing he did was he led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him and asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. The first thing God did with me was he stuck me at the end of the road two miles off the highway, 10 miles out of town, the end of the road. You were either lost or you were going there. No TV, no electronics. I'm I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to set a pattern of legalism or anything like that, but that's just the way it was then. He led me out of town. And folks, you and I have to make a choice sometimes. We got to get our head out of town. If we really want to see there's too much noise, too much activity, too much entertainment, too much stuff sometimes. And not to say that you never watch a Chiefs game or anything. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me here.
3: I'm
1: not trying to be legalistic. But what I'm saying is this, if you really want to hear from God, you might need to just come apart for a bit. Jesus took him by the hand and he led him out of town and he spit on his eyes and in the spittle, you know, I did a 23 and me thing just to find out because I, I know my name's Latour but I don't know who my dad was so I thought, wonder what kind of a nationality I am. Well, just for your information, I'm about 50.6% Italian. Those Italians, <laughs> they get around, that's all I can tell you. But <clears throat> what I did was they, they swab your saliva and they you put it in a vial and you send it to these people and they can tell who all your kin folks are. It's amazing. What am I saying? The DNA is in the spittle. And what Jesus did was he imparted his his DNA so that this man could see even as he sees. He spit in his eyes, put his hands upon him, said, what do you see? And he looked up and said, I see men walking as trees. And, and man, when I first got in, all the types and shadows that men as trees and all the different things throughout the Old Testament was, was wonderful until I got sick and tired of hearing types and shadows. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? So after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored. (coughs) And saw every man clearly. Now, there's really only two men. have Have you gotten a good look at the first one? I think much of the preaching that we've heard for years was like a laser beam coming in and diagnosing and showing us all the areas of our weakness and our, our lack. But you see, you've got to see every man clearly. If you only see the problem and not the solution, then you're left without hope. But I think that what, what's happening now I know what's happening in my life, and I believe it's happening throughout this people. It's something different. There's not multitudes coming into this thing right now and, and people being excited about the revelation of, of all, the, all the word that was poured out upon us and the, and the understanding. But I think that you and I are under, in a time of a second touch where we begin to see ourselves in the new man and to see the new man in us and all the attributes that define this new man and see who we are. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 16 says this, that we're to know no man. After the flesh. Can I, can I challenge you this morning? To not know yourself. After the flesh. Could you be open this morning to believing that you're different in the eyes of God, that you're different because of your new birth? You're different because of something that took place before you were ever in Adam. You see, the man was at the pool for 38 years. 38, unbelief. You see, the gospel only profits you if it's mixed with faith. Yeah. And many times, I think the thing that keeps us locked up in our bondages is just our lack of believing the gospel the basic gospel. Right. I say basic, it's an everlasting gospel. It didn't just start 2,000 years ago. It says over in Galatians that the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen by faith preached before the gospel to Abraham. Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Why, how could he do that? Because the lamb was slain. The gospel was in effect, it's an everlasting gospel, meaning it always was, it always will be, it didn't have a start, it didn't have, it will never have an end, it is the everlasting gospel. Believe the gospel, embrace it, make it personal, make it yours today, and begin to see yourself in the new man. Matthew chapter 16, I'm not going to make you go there, just I'll tell you the story. You know it. Jesus is walking along with the disciples and he says, who do men say, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? You know the story. Some say you're Elijah, some say you're this, some say you're that. But Jesus brought it home. Who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter spoke up. You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said, "Simon Barjona, you didn't get that from flesh and blood. My Father gave that to you." So how do we make that personal? Well, here's a question. Who do you say that you, sons of men? Who do you say that you are? Oh, we all had our place in Adam. He was the federal head of the, of the entire human race. But there's a new kind of humanity. There's a divine humanity on the planet today. And it says that, that, that because he, he died, we all died. It was all passed on to us. But then he said, because of what... The last Adam did much more, much more, more than what happened to you and Adam. You're made partakers of his righteousness by one man's obedience. This was passed on and made available to you and I. It's ours today. Folks, this is not just a sermon to me. This is my life song. And I hope it's yours that you embrace it and refuse to be defined, refused to let that which is seen, the present world, rob you of the reality of who the gospel says you are. Who do you say that you are? Doesn't really matter whether I'm French or Italian or whatever. There's another DNA, a new kind of humanity. Jesus told this man, he sent him away to his own house. He says, Stay out of town. Here's some good advice. Sometimes the world is too much with us, and it erodes our vision. You want to keep your sight, stay out of town. Keep your head where it needs to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's all I have today.
2: Brother David's going to speak to you, but I just felt like I wanted to say, after being out a week and not seeing you, When I came down this morning, I realized, is it possible to love more and more every day? And it is, and it's so good to see you. Thank you for your prayers, for all your faithfulness to continue and all the little things you do. Gabe just put his hand on my back this morning, patted my back and life flooded through me. Thank you. For being faithful and being the Lord to
3: me.
2: Thank you, Brother Joe. Yes. Um, <clears throat> very difficult for us to... Um, I think the real challenge is for us to stay in this place that Joe's talking about. Right. Um, and it is isn't a place of... Uh, It's really a place of dependence, and we revolt against that, I think, often. Uh, I think the trouble is, um, I don't mean I haven't been dependent, and I don't mean it's obvious at times that I have a situation that is so much bigger than me, but the truth is, in order, having our eyes open, really, what that reveals is that, really, there's never a time where we are not dependent upon the Spirit of God, to have any kind of life. And so I know that's where God's bringing every single one of us. And when it talks about coming boldly to the throne room of grace, that is, that's a daily thing. That's not a, an event that you can point to. I've been in churches, many churches when I was younger, and once in a while we'd go back and listen, and, and they used to have something that used to irritate the daylights out of me was that they'd have these emotional um, Uh, testimonies where they'd raise their hand and they'd say you know they could hardly talk because they were uh, of some event that took place five years ago and it's not so bad that we're we're thankful for the events that took place in our lives that God has uh, brought us through but boy is that a stale moldy bread if that's what you live on because the, the whole point is that we are going forward. And our forwardness is really based upon our daily dependence that, that the spirit takes us into. So um, thank you for this, this morning. Good to be together. Uh, I, I trust we're all praying, right? I don't know. You acted like you didn't know what I was saying. Look it up in the Strongs. You can figure out what that is. okay.